Welcome to Last in Line Podcast, where we are highlighting, showcasing, and spotlighting great leaders of faith who have overcome adversity, cultivated resilience, and served others in a significant capacity. So settle in and be encouraged by this episode of Last in Line Podcast. Alan Clayton, welcome back to Last in Line Podcast. Thank you. Always, always good to be here, John. Uh, you know, and to watch what happens with your facial hair. And it's just... <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to assume you don't mean the color change from brown to white. Let's go with man, that, man. I, I don't, I don't even have one. I would one. My my daughter told me when I tried to grow a beard, she said I look like a redneck serial killer, and that was just too. That was just too much. It was too much of a graphic for me. So, yeah, I can't grow a beard, John. I, I look like I grow like a goat beard. You know, I got like a little patch here and there. Yeah, yeah. It probably wouldn't bode well for the, the growth of the church if you looked like a serial killer. So we're glad you did not do that. <laughs> I appreciate her wisdom and her godly counsel. <laughs> I don't know if that was godly counsel. It was right. kind of harsh. <laughs> Well, uh, we might get harsh today. Um, the listeners okay. appreciate... Um, candidness. Oh. And that's why I'm selective on who I bring back, especially a third time, maybe the fourth, I can't remember, but you're, you're our pastor at our local church here. You're the senior pastor. You're the one that founded it and started it and built it. And it's uh, 27 years young, I believe this year. And right. we've been there about 15, I believe. Um, and Man, it just gets better and better. I don't, I don't, I know the Lord's all over it. Um, I was about to say, I don't know how you guys keep just up in the ante more and more, but I know it's God's favor and you guys yeah. are obedient. Yeah. Um, but the guys like candidness, and so you're gonna be candid. That's why you've been brought back. Uh, okay. because I know you're pretty straightforward and you, you always make it feel even when you're maybe getting in our kitchen some you always make it feel welcome you always just make embrace us with a hug and maybe a a slap across the face sometimes and we appreciate yeah, it's, that it, it's that it's that pat on the back and kick in the butt that that uh that you appreciate i'm with yep. you on that i'm all for backhanded compliments and so that <laughs> kind of falls in that category <laughs> no uh, such thing as bad publicity um well before we do it though i i always since you've been here, I implemented a, a fun little deal at the beginning here. Um, okay. I, I kind of call it uh, coffee uh, coffee house conversation a little bit. We're sitting around with you're with some of your closest buddies, um, and you, you're going to fill the sentence in. You're going to complete the sentence for me here. I'm going to give okay. you a sentence. You're going to finish it. All right. And you're accustomed to this kind of hot hot seat stuff. I know you guys do a podcast, and you and your son kind of go into Q&A sometimes, and I know you have fun with that. So we'll have a good yeah. time here. Um, All right. How about this? As a pastor, I could be more intentional in the area of? Prayer. I guess that's anybody. I, I, we could even take the pastor off of there. Probably before you were a pastor, that would have would have. Yeah, I think would so. have applied. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of people say that. Uh, to really? be honest on this. Yeah. And, and I don't know, maybe they're really good at it, but they just kind of want to up it up their game a little bit. I, I, I think we're harder on ourselves than other people can be sometimes, but um, are you, 
I'm going to part B that question okay. as a, as a husband, I bet you've dialed it in, but you've been around the block a few times and been married a long time to the same woman. I didn't mean around yeah, the yeah. block. Yeah, that, uh, around I had to the clarify the around the block. <laughs> that's just, I've been around the rewind. same same block. <laughs> yes, the same block a few times with the same yeah. lovely, lovely woman. Um, yes. Yes. So what? How have you grown? I guess more most as a husband in the last I don't know ten five to ten. <sighs> Oh, man. You know, I think the beautiful thing about it is if you'll focus on growth in the Lord, you grow as a husband. Ooh. And so mm -hmm. I've grown as a husband as, a, as the more I've matured in Christ. And so mm -hmm. I think the the contention just continues to diminish between mm -hmm. my wife and I. Um, the, the sparks that could fly get shorter and shorter and and resolve comes quicker and quicker. And so it's, you know, and for the last 10, almost 10, I've been empty nesting. And so mm -hmm. that's been, you know, that's been a good thing. It's good. I, well, I, I mean, enjoy, I enjoy empty nesting. I I appreciate that answer. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. You get closer to God, you get closer to your spouse, you get closer to your kids. I mean, you, you thrive in the Lord and you thrive in your, your job. I mean, it's, it, it is all kind of knit together so not kind of it really is uh all right how about this in this season of life i feel like god is really showing me blank more about the fear of god you want to elaborate a little bit big subject i, I think more of a reverential respect and awe of who he is mm. and a desire not that i'm afraid of his punishment but i don't want to displease him mm. so the reality and, and and the fear of god is it, it's a big it's a big subject we don't I, I don't talk about it enough i will i will start working it in i don't talk about it enough but it's 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 key Interesting. Bible may mention something about that because I believe wisdom begins somewhere and I think it's there. Yes. Uh, so we could all stand a little more wisdom. And right. um, I don't know if that's what spurred that into your mind, but as you grow in the Lord, these new revelations start happening. Just like when you read scripture, you read a hundred times today, it right. punches you right in the face, you know? And, and so it's, right. That's good, man. I, I think I think fear of the Lord. People misinterpret some of the context of that sometimes, and and it could be reflection of how their earthly father relationship was sometimes. Um, I have no I have no doubt about that, John. But but what I think you know, Scripture says it talks about having received these promises. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. I really think that if we had a more of a fear of God, of, of an awe of God, how big he is, how powerful he is, it, it would it would clear up some stuff. Yeah, and, and we diminished him in culture by removing him. The right. more things that he used to be a part of are no longer he's no longer a part of. And we've done that. And and like you just said, the fear of the Lord has when you diminish something, you don't necessarily have a reverential fear or respect of that authority. And, and you have, certainly don't feel the need to be obedient to that. Right. Um, OK. 
if I could give new pastors a piece of advice, it would be. Cool. Yeah, you have it, to narrow that down to just one thing. How about oh that? <laughs> no, um, you, you can do whatever you want here. And, you know, I, I would talk to new pastors about making sure that what they were doing is, is following the Lord and not simply following trends or following ambition. It's good. I mean, it, that that's a trap and, and that's an inclination sometimes yeah. today, especially, I mean, I think we always go back. We always kind of default back to this social media as a crutch, but I will say that's a true thing that social media has, has, created this platform of we've got to keep up, right? We've got to compare. Sure. We've got to keep up. There's a gauge of, there's a rise and fall barometer on whether we're effective or not. And it's based on this criteria. Why? Well, yeah. I think we got to keep, keep the main thing, the main thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, what happens is, is things change expectations. I read a book years ago. You've probably ever read selling the invisible. No. It's a fascinating book, but this guy said that, he said McDonald's changed the expectations for food. Used to be people go in, they sit down, they would expect to be waited on to get food. McDonald's changed all that. So people expect to get food, expect to get it fast, expect it, you know, to, for it to be able to walk in and walk out. Disney World changed the expectations on uh, amusement parks. Mm. FedEx changed the expectations on how quickly something is mailed. And so expectations are constantly changing. The internet changed expect, and I, I don't think it helped us, but it changed expectations for church. And so if you're a young pastor, you're not going to have all the all the staff in place. You're not going to have everything in place that someone who's been doing it for a while, but the comparisons are always on the guy who has the publicity, the guy who mm -hmm. has all the people. And so I think that puts pressure on pastors that really didn't exist when I started. Yeah. I guess the, in my, I'll speak for me, but in just normal business, it's growth. Sometimes it's healthy to look at somebody doing it right, doing it well and say, okay, what are, what are they doing? And maybe I can do my version of that. Where's right. the, where's the, why is it hard? Why sometimes do we, we slip into the other side that's not healthy? Well, you know, comparisons are, if it gets into comparison, if you want to learn from somebody, that's great. Yeah. But if you're comparing yourself with somebody, that, mm -hmm. that's challenging, especially in the kingdom of God, because we have all have different gifts, different graces, mm -hmm. different abilities, different callings. Mm -hmm. And so in a sense, I'm not competing with the pastor down the road. Mm -hmm. But if, if you get into that mindset, yeah. then you, you find yourself pushing the envelope, simply trying to keep up with what's going on out there. Yeah, no, you're, that's good. Um, we get in that, I think a lot of us, and I would consider that just part of the flesh that says that maybe the flesh lies to us and says, this is how you measure success. And this is how sure. you measure your worth. Let's sure. get back to the to baseline and, and realize what God says about us. All right, here's the last one of the, of the fun stuff. And then we're going to get okay. serious right. and not fun. No, it's just going to be different. Um, all right. One of the best ways to get out of a spiritual rut is fasting. Hmm. Fasting I, to, to, to set, to set and about fasting, not necessarily food, mm -hmm. but to set apart something where you're not um, like, for example, I love sports. I'll fast. <laughs> 
uh, ESPN mm-hmm. on, and, and sometimes I'll just fast the internet for a month or I won't be looking at the internet. That's a, that's a fast, but it also creates more free time and it also creates more productive time. And so for me, I, if I set aside a fast like that or not, or not eat for a, you know, a day or two and um, just kind of keep my flesh under to me, that's a good way. Yeah. That I, I, I didn't think about that. That's seems so obvious when it comes out of your mouth. And then I just, it never comes to mind because then you're magnifying him in that space right. of margin, right. That you had something else in that place. Right. Um, Okay, so I do this with people too. I, I kind of give them, well, I call it dessert before dinner. And I ask, what is your walkaway win for the audience? If you were to walk by a group of people that listen to this conversation and you overhear them talking about it, what is it you're hoping that they took away? And I'm going to say, for you being a pastor, I'm going to change a little. I'm going to say, what do you hope every Sunday people leave that sanctuary after hearing a message from you? In general terms, what are you hoping they walk away feeling? What do you hope away that they walk away seeing differently? What is kind of a walk away win for somebody that comes and listens to you on a Sunday? You know, Paul prayed uh, about three or four prayers that are recorded New Testament. One of them was uh, in Colossians, where he, he prayed that God would give them a spirit of wisdom and understanding and the knowledge of him. That the eyes of the, uh, uh, said that they would know what is the, let's see, that you would feel, no, that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will mm. and all wisdom and understanding that you would walk worthy of the Lord, mm. fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. So my prayer is that people would see God's will for them so that they could walk in a way that's worthy of him and that they would be fully pleasing to him. And so it really kind of comes into line with that prayer in Colossians. That's Colossians one versus about that's, that's really good. I mean, that would, that kind of blankets a lot there. Like it, 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 it's the value meal. You mentioned McDonald's earlier. That's the value meal. It's got everything in it. And, and it, that's really good. Um, And, and that's a good, that's a good thing to, I guess, you know, I think more pastors maybe should think about that being a walk away for folks. Um, you've not yeah, always a, go ahead. That's, that's a prayer, John, that I pray just for people, period, in the church. Sure. It said, um, fill with the knowledge of his will, always spiritual understanding, so that you can walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all perseverance and long suffering with joy, giving thanks to the Father. I, I think that kind of that's what you want people to walk away with a greater knowledge of God and a greater appreciation of him, uh, a greater love for the Lord, not not necessarily a, a great message. Yeah. And I would say, and I'm I'm you know speaking from experience when I come and listen, I I think people walk away too, feeling like, okay. I get now how God sees me a little more, right? And mm-hmm. that that's all yeah. into what you're saying. But I think it's important for people to understand he is good and he wants good for us. Like we're his kids. And I don't think you ever go a Sunday without saying you're his child. Why would he not be good to you? Like in, a, yeah. in so many words, right? So yeah. that's a great scripture. Um, but But you've not always been a pastor. So 
for people who have, we've added maybe some listeners since last time you were here. And, and for those that have been under a rock that heard the first two of these and didn't pay attention, we're going to ask maybe a little bit about your background. Um, okay. So just give us an idea. So obviously not always a pastor. So, um, and you make mention of that quite a bit as people are like, well, yeah, you're a pastor. You're supposed to say that. Well, I haven't always been. And, and so I haven't always been, been. Yeah. 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 Sales and different things. So how did you, this is a real broad question, but I guess just how did you be, know that you were called to pastor a church? I knew I was called to ministry probably since I was young. I didn't really want to follow that. Mm. And so, you know, early on, I, I began to divert and I thought I was going to go into law for, and then I thought I was going to go into psychology. And then I, and then I wound up in sales and uh, I, I really didn't want to do law school because when I was coming out of, when I was coming out of college, I graduated from college in 81. And when I was coming out of college, they said the biggest glut on the market was going to be attorneys. And so wow. I thought, nah, I, I don't need that. Mm -hmm. I looked at um, I looked at computers, information systems, and I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm not that I'm not that technical. And so uh, I actually wound up selling selling clothing, selling jeans for Wrangler jeans, mm -hmm. which was I, I could relate to that better. And uh, they're the ones that sent me down to Texas. And mm -hmm. so first 15 years, I, I, I worked for them actually only a year, then went to Bible school, then came back from Bible school, went to, got a job working with a Texas company called Clark Checks. So uh, again, back in sales. So for the first 15 years uh, out of college, I'm in sales and mm -hmm. uh, small, medium size, Fortune 500. So I did numerous sales jobs. How did I, oh, you asked the question. How did, well, how did, yeah, just to, that's good. Yeah. Um, I, I, when I left uh, Wrangler Gene, Wrangler was a great company, and I left them after a year and went up and <laughs> it's that classic 22-year-old gets this great job and leaves it after a year mm. and, uh, and went to Bible school. When I came back, I sensed in my heart that I was called. And so when I got back in fellowship with the Lord, I was determined I was going to do that. And so it just was a different route for me. I thought I would go to Bible school, then come out and go directly into ministry. And I did. It just was a as a volunteer. Mm. And so I served at Lakewood Church under John Osteen and did sales on the side. And the sales was my vocation and then served as uh, just various different capacities. And so I did a lot of different things before I finally realized, OK, it's time for me to step out start a church. Yeah. Okay. So then you did that and that was in your hometown. Yeah. And that was well, your first, first <laughs> that was your first go of it. Yeah. I want to, I yeah. want to cover that because I mean, you first mentioned go, this a lot. First, um, first go, first go was, was, was a, was a blank, man. It was a dud. And so. Well, okay. The lesson though, help us understand how you miss God on that one. Now, John, that's probably a book I need to write. How yeah. to miss God? How to miss God and live through it? Um, you, you know, the, the Lord really started putting it on my heart—not a voice, but on my heart—that uh, that I was going to pastor. And I remember going to a conference, and I heard a guy say, "Some of the greatest churches are built by guys who go back to their hometowns and build a church because mm -hmm. they know the culture and they know the people." And man, I just took that and ran with it. 
You know, mm. I, I, the Lord was talking to me about pastoring. I didn't stop and ask timing, place, you know, you know, I, I, some people think, well, the Lord just lets you do anything. I think he's more intentional than that. And so I think he had a place for us, but it wasn't in my hometown. I think there was some timing, but it wasn't when I just turned 30. I needed some, need a little more space and time. So I missed the timing, missed the place and yeah. uh, got back. Did you, did you, okay. So did you run that by your wife? I yes. mean, as far as pray for, pray about this, this is what I'm feeling. And yes. she was totally a hundred percent behind it. She was totally opposed. It was, here's lesson number two. If the <laughs> Lord is talking to you, he'll witness it to your, if, you're, if your spouse is a believer and it, it involves her, I believe he'll witness to both of you. Mm. That's, so I believe I, that, yes. So I, I well, it, 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 we're, we're one flesh. Yeah. And so we're, we're joined together and, um, yeah. and she was involved with it. And so, no, she, she told me, she, she, she woke up one morning, John, she said, Alan, I had a dream and I had a dream that some of the pastors in the area were angry at us. And I just, I don't have, I don't feel good about this. I said, oh, that's just fear. You need to rebuke that. And we're going, so I overrode her. Everybody, well, everybody, I would have said the same thing. I mean, when a guy is convinced of something yeah. like that, I don't yeah. know if it's pride or if it's just totally missing it. And uh, I don't know, but that's good because I think somebody, maybe somebody's in that situation right now. Like, have your spouse pray, and and you you, you said it perfectly. You're one flesh. He will give it to her too, yeah. assuming you're both like minded. Yeah, exactly. You know, and there are always those guys out there that. Their wives aren't the least bit interested, and they're not praying, and so you, you would love to see them in agreement with you, right? Right. But but if you got a you got a wife like I've got a wife, I mean my my wife is is a great deal more spiritual than I am, and so I've since then I haven't made a major move without her being in agreement. Yeah. Well, and so fast forward to this church that you've, I mean. The fruit is there, let's just say, right. and over the over the not just the longevity, um, but the quality um, and just the leaders you're building, new churches that are planning that are, uh, you know, part of the arc as well. Um, tell me maybe a couple before I get into some things, because I want to transition into some cultural things and yeah. and we can navigate through that as you're comfortable. But just along like a business building team building what has made you guys so effective? Um, and I'll qualify everything with, obviously, you're seeking God. Obviously, you're in obedience. Obviously, you guys right. are yielding to his spiritual guidance. But right. aside from all that, and I'm not downplaying that, but aside from that, what is key to some of your building teams? Because you've got leaders just multiplying in that church, and they're going out and starting the ark in other places. That's a good question. I um I read a book years ago by a guy, and I hate to say it, I think he had a lot of wisdom. He didn't end well. Bill Hybels. Yeah. From yeah. Bill, he wrote a book. He wrote a great book called Courageous Leadership. And in that book, he talked about finding, he was talking about hiring. And so he talked about looking for three things, character, competency, and chemistry. So when he's, when he's looking to hire someone, especially at what I would call a pastoral level, 
looking for character competency and chemistry as I was as I was reviewing that the Lord spoke to my heart he said there's a fourth C those are called the three C's there's a fourth C who's called and who's chosen to be a part of this and so those are the things we would look at did did someone seem to have the character that mm. could sustain them in ministry? Did they have the competency, the skill level to be able to do the job? Mm-hmm. Did he? Do we have chemistry? You know, sometimes I would run across great people, but we just didn't connect. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was Bill Heibel said, don't hire anyone that doesn't lift your spirits within the first five minutes. And so mm, nice. the, the chemistry. But for me, the real big one was, who has the Lord chosen? to be a part of this. So that fourth one was, was the one that trumps all of them. Yeah. And, but we, but when I, whenever I've followed that, we've gotten some great leaders. Whenever I missed that, we've had some challenges. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, but I, I mean, certainly turn the corner cause I feel like they're just, you just keep loading the pipeline with, with good people, good leaders, good speakers, good, good teachers, people. good shepherds. Yeah. I mean, it's just it seems like things are clicking um, with the art church in Conroe, Texas, for sure. So I got guys listening that <clears throat> are very vocal and very convicted in their resolve to push back darkness of culture. Um, you have done more than most. Mo- I, I have no data to clinically <laughs> I have no no data to back that up. But uh in my what I see on social media and things, um you you do a really good job of not shying away from some of these topics, you know, in and and you do have some subtlety to some of the things that you mentioned. Yeah. And I love it and I catch it and I'm not alone in catching it, but what is the I didn't plan to ask this, but is, what's the fine line? Like, how do you tiptoe along some of these lines on on some some polarizing things that are in culture that people want to hear about? And John, that that is that's something I'm constantly looking mm-hmm. for God's wisdom on mm. because um, it's so easy to be against something. Yeah, and you can get people riled up. You know, when you're when you're against something, I'm. I said something a few weeks ago. You were probably there, and and people really responded. I, I think it was something about gender. Oh, it's Father's Day. Father's yeah, Day was, message. It, well, and, I remember uh, you saying something on Mother's Day too about having roses for the women at the doors. And if you think you're a man and you deserve a rose, you need to come down for prayer. I love that. I shared yeah. that with a lot of people. I'm sorry. Hey, gentlemen, I want to take a step back from this conversation real quick to just let you know of a free resource I have available coming in the next couple of weeks. Uh, All you have to do is email me, lastinlineleadership at gmail.com, and give me your address, email address, uh, and I will send you this resource. It is all about strategic spiritual warfare, learning who our enemy is, what he's about, what his tactics are, and what we have available to fight against him. Uh, I want to thank our partners uncommon where they are equipping men to be the husbands fathers and leaders we were called to be thank you for your support thank you for partnering with last in line and let's get back to the conversation i i I think i mentioned something about about the confusion that's in the gen all this move for for the gender thing to me that's a direct deception Mm -hmm. uh 
that's impacting families and impacting children. And so I'm probably going to speak more into that mm. than I am which political candidate to choose. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, and so, but, but I will say this, with this upcoming election, it, it, it looks like the, 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 the platforms are becoming so challenging. I, I may have to address the platforms and go, guys, we, we can't go. We can't go here. I've just tried to stay clear. The Lord told me years ago, stay clear of politics. It's just sure. easy. it's easy to do that. I, th- I think what I'm trying to do is help people understand that just everything the world's pushing and yes. selling is not yes. something they need to be buying. And so, and so I really distrust the Lord to lead me in that area. In fact, I'm doing that series right now, even as we speak. I just finished a message on on uh, in these times, talking about the times that we're living in. Mm-hmm. And using the book of Daniel as mm-hmm. as kind of a as a template for mm-hmm. how do we thrive in a dark world? No, it's yeah, it's it's so it's music to my ears, and and I certainly agree with the 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 politics. You can you can have a stance on something without getting super political, and right. and right. and I don't think necessarily that you have to talk about something cultural, and then it automatically has to bleed into to political, but. Right. Um, how did the church, if you think it has, how did the church become, I want to say downstream of culture a little bit. So I feel like culture maybe is affecting is a better way, you know, affecting some, some things in the church. And I don't necessarily have specifics, but does, does that make sense? I feel like we've gotten downstream and, and some of the things that we're either not talking about or not doing, is a direct reflection of what culture will accept, maybe? You know, I, I don't know if it's it's that, John. What I've experienced more of is, is we've kind of taken our eyes off the ball of the big picture. Mm. We still have to reach people. Mm-hmm. There are people, there's still heaven and hell out there. Mm-hmm. And and some of the stuff that we're dealing with is not an it's not eternity. It's irritating, it's it's mm-hmm. definitely against what we believe, but sometimes we get so caught up in what's wrong that we miss the people behind it. And and my concern is I get a big response. I said something about the transgender and people are clapping. And there's a part of me that that I, I didn't want to correct everybody, but I'm like, guys, I, I need us to be as excited about reaching lost people as we are about speaking against transgender movement. And so I honestly, personally, I think we've lost a lot of that as a church. I think we're so fired up about culture wars that that we forget that the big picture is these are still people behind this. And Mm -hmm. the the scripture says the way of the wicked is this darkness. They don't even know what they're stumbling at. And so this is why you'll keep hearing me saying we can't respond to culture in the same spirit in which they respond to us. Mm, Right. We, We can't. We, we can't, you know, they lash out at us. And if we're lashing out at them, we're in the, we're in the same spirit. We have got to learn to walk higher in this. Yeah. You know? And I think, I mean, it's, it almost feels like we're trying to convince the other side to agree with us more than we're just, let's just present, present the truth and yeah. then walk away. I've heard people say, lead them to Jesus and then get out of the way. And, and, yeah. you know, <laughs> I yeah. think we have to feel like we're we need to hear them say yes, you're right. And if that's the case, it may it may not happen. 
I, you know, I, I think I think we we forget that we're planting seeds, mm-hmm. and uh, and we're we're not always going to see a harvest. But sometimes we act like the insecure person who somebody said something about us, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna rise up. You know, Jesus always didn't respond to culture. I mean, he dealt with a lot of opposition, but he handled it, and you know, in such a way that they didn't they didn't move him. In fact, when people would come to him, they're like. Uh, Master, I know you don't respect anybody's person, and it, it basically they're like, "You're a hard cat to read, man. You 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 don't you don't you don't get too excited or angry about stuff." And yeah, and they they try to trick him, and they and they couldn't catch him. But I I really think he was very measured in his words. He was very conscious of his words and what he spoke. And so I, I think we can look at areas and go, "Hey." According to God's standards, this is not the way to go. Yeah. I don't hate you, yeah. but this is this is not the way there's to go. There's a better way. Yeah, there's, there's a better way. Well, it's like couples that are living together. I mean, they think like sure. they'll come down and go, I need you to pray for my relationship. <laughs> I always ask them, I said, uh, y'all not married, are you? No, no, we're not married. I said, okay, let's, let's, let's do this first. Let's get this right in God's eyes. Mm-hmm. If you want his blessings, let's do it his way. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I don't rebuke them for doing that because mm-hmm. a lot of times they don't know. Yeah. And so now I've had them bow up. I had a girl bow up. Man, I thought she would take a swing at me one time. She was she was fired up. But it's like, honey, I can't change the Bible yep. for you. And so I, I think by I think if we if we've got the right spirit, we can look at truth and we go, but this is truth. And and this this is God's truth. He's the one that wrote it. He hadn't changed. We're going to stay with that. And every yeah. time we fear off of that, we get in trouble. No, we do. Um, and, and again, it kind of rises up in us and then self-control, uh, takes a back seat sometimes. And I'm, I'm guilty of that. But, um, so when it comes to, you know, men in the church and, and this is another topic that I hear about is some churches are more man friendly than others. Maybe the church is losing the men potentially. I don't know if you see that in our, I don't have the numbers, we, but in the, we, in the church in general, what is the, yeah. what is the data on, on guys you think if you were to just guess? Historically, the church has always had, had more women than men historically. Now we reach a lot of men and, uh, mm-hmm. as a church, in fact, I was really blessed on father's day when I had all the fathers stand up mm-hmm. loaded with, them. I mean, yep, so, yep. you know, mother's day is like the third biggest Sunday. I don't doubt it. The year. And 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 so that tells you something right there. Father's Day, we don't make we don't make overflow rooms for Father's Day. Uh, it's it's Mother's Day, uh, and so I think historically we've always seen uh, in the American church at least we've always seen more women in, involved than men. But we're, we're seeing a lot of men, and dear Lord, do we do the men today need it? Because we we got a we got a, a young generation of men who's floundering out there. They're really struggling. Yeah, no, hundred percent. This is this is the group that has. This is the group that's been inundated with pornography. This mm-hmm. is the group that has has. You know, right now, when I went to college, the men outnumbered the the women as a whole in America, close to fifteen percent. You know, those numbers have have shifted, and there's mm-hmm. now fifteen percent more women in college than there are men. And so you you got guys not marrying. You got guys. You know, just living in their homes and not pursuing relationships. We got a struggling group of men. We've got to reach men, and so we. But we've got to be able to go. Hey, we're, we're going to challenge you. We love you. We're going to challenge you. We can't coddle you in this. 
but mm-hmm. it, it's an issue. Well, that's a great, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, the legacy of faith that the, that guys are leaving uh, in their homes. Cause that's our, I would say our first calling number one is to be the spiritual leader of the household. And I feel like a lot are doing it right. I feel like maybe there's a group in the middle that could do better. And then there's some that are just kind of like, they don't know that doesn't even in their, in their vocabulary. Um, So you, you mentioned that, uh, you know, what, what are, what are guys missing? I guess is a question I have when it comes to, let's say there's a guy checking all the boxes, you know, he's there on Sunday Maybe he's even reading his devotional, you know, once a day yeah. on 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 his phone. Um, right. Is is what can that guy do to become more of a spiritual leader in his home, um, where he's respected as that? If that makes sense. Good question, John. I I saw a stat recently about who's coming to Christ as young people. Mm-hmm. And what what they're finding out is the kids they're seeing coming to Christ come from one of two kinds of households. One is a household where the parents live it. Yeah, they love the Lord. They live for the Lord. He he's they're living for Him. The other one is coming from households that don't know the Lord at all. And what's what's happened is that that middle group of maybe they're just, you know, you know, we go to church, we're kind of, they're not living. I, you want to impact it, you got to live it. And if, if, if you, the more you live it, then you're not trying to tell your family, hey, do this and follow me. You're giving them something they can follow. You're giving them an example that they can follow. And so it's, it, it's kind of like what Jesus said. He said, I would, you are neither hot nor cold. He mm. said, because you're lukewarm. He said, I, I'm this in Revelation. He said, I'm, Spew you out of my mouth. And so I, I think you want to impact your family, live for God big and and make that more than just kind of a casual thing. Make it like you tell your family, this, this is this is how we live. This is this is what we do. And I guess it's that transition from a cultural Christian to a biblical Christian. And and there's the difference. And yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know what what would you say maybe as a preventative of, of that or what is the barrier to a guy making that progression, I guess, if you will. Because it's easy to say what you just said, right? It's easy to say, okay, guys, we gotta live it. I know you're taking them to church and people have yeah. a Bible. Um, they yeah. may not know where it is, but everybody's got one. And right. and and so here's what you do, you gotta live it. Well, tell you know, the guy that is I don't know that my family's going to listen to me, you know, or they feel like, I think we have a lot of guys that have maybe failed really bad in the past. Now they're trying to earn back that respect and trust. So right. I went a lot of different directions there. What do you, you, you know, if I had to come to a guy that said, Hey, you know, Alan, I, and I messed up, you know, how do I win my family back? I, I would say, I would say you earn it back, mm-hmm. but you're, it's your life. That's going to, the sincerity of your life that's going to speak. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you messed up. But now your kids come down in the morning and they're getting ready to go to school and you're over there reading your Bible before you before you go to work. Mm-hmm. Or you have a discussion with them and you go, you know what, guys, this is this is what we're going to do. This is a decision and, and this is why. And I, I just in my heart, I've got to follow the Lord on this. And so this is what we're going to do. And 
maybe you're going to make some changes or going to ask for some things differently. But I, I really believe that they've got to see this lived out. Mm-hmm. And I think fathers have the greatest impact. When you've got a father who loves the Lord, that's a huge impact on, on kids. It is. And, it is. And, and the biggest word there, I would say, because um, I haven't done everything right uh, as a dad and a husband, obviously, but I, I would say what's helped either, I mean, it goes without saying, learn how to apologize as a father first, as oh, a yeah. dad, as a husband, learn that first. Oh, but yeah. then yeah. consistency is huge. Like the, yeah. the guy that you just said at the table in the morning, yeah. it can't just be a week right after you did something and hopefully it's not a, it's not a slot machine. Right. So the consistency. Yeah. Right. You know, we, uh, early on, John, we, and I'm, I'm very blessed in that I had a wife that was with me in this, Mm -hmm. but you know, Jordan and I just determined that we were going to be church people. We were going to go to church. We were going to raise our kids in church. We were going to serve in church. We're going to, we're going to do something for God. Mm -hmm. And we, this before again before we were ever ever in ministry full time mm. and we we just we made that decision this is this is what we're going to do and our kids just knew it hey this is what we're going to do so we looked at decisions that we made and we made decisions based on does this fit around what we're going to do for the kingdom of god and so what jesus said seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and these things are added he knew what he was talking about. It's that what happens is we get so divided. Mm-hmm. And and it's like, well, I've heard people say, Alan, I've got to put my family first. Well, then God's not first. Somebody's going to be first. Sure. And so, you know, I, I, we've looked at our kids and go, don't make us decide between you and God because you're going to lose. And so, you know, for, you know, some some families like, how, how can you say that? Well, it's, it's real easy. I owe him my life and my eternity. And I'll do everything I can to pray for you. But if, if it boils down to it, I'm going his way. That's your way. Yeah. And and unfortunately for them, I've made that clear about their mother as well. Oh, <laughs> Not totally. just God. You know what I mean? Oh, oh, well, oh, well, you know, I think it's helpful, John, to to show kids where the priorities are. For sure. And the priorities are, well, we're going to live for God. Here's number two. That's my wife. Yep. Yeah. And I, you've probably told him this. I said, I looked at my, I've looked at Matt especially because he, and, and and Christina, and I told him, I said, "Hey, hey, we had you. I chose her. Yeah, yeah. You're leaving. You're leaving. Yeah, she's staying. Yeah, well, this she this, came before you did. Absolutely. <laughs> this 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 is how it this is how it works. But those priorities are something that you have to establish, and you, you can't give lip service to them. You've got to be able to step. I had to do that with the church early on." When when we started the church, mm. had all these people that got upset with me because I, Joy and I did not do dinners. We still don't do dinners, and we just determined that. And in fact, I told you, I said, "Here's the deal." I said, "We could do dinners with a lot of people and build the church, and lose our family, and down the road we lose credibility." I said, "Or we can focus in on our family." I said, and then down the road, we can gain credibility because of how they've turned out. And so I actually lined them up. This is before you came. This is back when the roller we were in the roller ring. I actually mm-hmm. lined them up one Sunday morning. And I said, this is Matthew, and he's about, I think, 14 at the time. This is Christina, and she's 11. This is Michael, and he's four. I said, I had them before I had you. I said, and I'm not going to see them go to hell in an, an attempt to 
to reach wow. you. Wow. Yeah. Or, to build, or build a church. And the and the dinner questions went away. Yeah. They they went away. But here's also a message. It sends the same message to every businessman out there. Don't just build your business and lose a family. It's good. It's the priorities that we establish are what the kids will catch. Not necessarily what we're telling them, what we're doing, more is caught than taught. That's good. Yeah. And they can sniff a fraud from a mile away um, by the way you live. So that does kind of segue into my last section here, my last point for guys, because we are like this spiritual warfare is just going off in me big time the last three to four months. I mean, it's always been around, but I just, I don't know if I feel like God is telling me to have more of a, a voice, a presence or whatever in this realm, but I know you you know the 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 head worship pastor of our church is teaching a class on that on Wednesday nights you know Justin's I know he's feeling it too and we've always been a good church at at magnifying that that battle that we all have that we can't see when it comes to guys and and men leading their homes what is this is there a common thread for guys that drift guys that start to maybe fade a little they get off a a fragment and then down the road it's a mile you know you start little it's a slow fade but yeah. but help guys right now that maybe are being attacked and they don't they don't understand this whole spiritual realm because they can't feel it they can't see it right. physically right. so talk maybe a little i know i went totally uh in a different direction but i i think it I think it applies a little bit. There's a, um, it's a good question. There's a great verse in Hebrews, Hebrews 2, 1. It says, therefore, we must give the more earnest heed or pay close attention to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. Mm. So you have to be intentional about staying with, with what you've heard and what you've learned or you'll drift. And I, I have found, I think one of the best ways to stay intentional is to be consistent in reading your Bible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's one of the, you know, it, it sounds very simple and it sounds like, you know, Alan, we need something stronger than that. No, these, these are the things that we, they're feeding us spiritually. That God's word is, is developing us spiritually. And if we'll spend time here, it, the Bible said it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And so, you're always hmm. getting a heart check when you're when you're reading scriptures and it allows the Holy Spirit to to check you on some areas and you recognize areas mm, I need to I need to adjust in that or I need to adjust in that if you never pick up your Bible you're really missing a, a, the the source of strength in life it's not like not eating and and still mm -hmm. going out and playing ball but you haven't eaten in in a few few days you're not going to be as strong yeah. and so that that consistency is paying earnest heed to what you what you've heard. It's not the only answer, but it's a key. It's it's a big one. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, if we're going to believe the the bumper sticker scriptures and the ones that you have highlighted in your you know your Bible that you you see on every every Christian's refrigerator, we're we're going to believe all of them, not just those catchy ones, right? And so I think right. it's important to understand that the Bible's or the word of God is obviously the sword of the spirit in, in the armor for the spiritual war that we're under is right. the word of God. And then, and it talks about it being sharper than a two edged sword. And so, I mean, if I'm going to go to battle, I'm taking that with me. And, and I think guys, I'm not speaking for all guys, but I know in my life, even 
sometimes I, I fade in and out on, on whether, how much of that I can wrap my brain around because I can't see it or feel it. Right. I'm a, I'm a guy who I, I lift heavy things. I push heavy things around. I I'm a physical guy. So it's, it's important to me to be able to see the enemy that I'm punching in the nose. But, and I think guys are, are like that, you know, similarly, uh, do you have, um, in addition to the word, is there, is there a way you can help us get non-isolated? Cause I think if you take the word of God, if you put the word of God in there and we're reading it, right. But we're isolated. We're not around other believers. We're not in contact with other believers. We're by ourselves, but we're in the Bible. That's good. But is that a catch-all for 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 this war that we're in? Well, you know, it, it's it's like anything else, John. If you want to get strong, you don't just eat; you exercise. Mm-hmm. And so, it's so you, you need a you need some balance in that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mentioned the fear of God. Um, I, I, it's interesting. I, a friend of mine is doing some ministry overseas, and I've been really struck by how reverent. The people are, he's been in Nigeria and he's been in Slovakia. Mm. These are two, not two, not garden spots in the world, mm. but I've been really impressed with the, you can just tell the reverence and respect that these people have for God. You mm-hmm. can sense it. You can see it. And I think developing some of that, um, I hear people say, well, yeah, you know, I read my Bible. Do you go to church? No, I don't go to church. And you know this. You've raised your kids in church. You've, you and your wife have served. Mm-hmm. To serve. You're going to need to get involved more than just, hey, I'm, you want, you want to do something. Because one day mm-hmm. we're all going to stand before the Lord and we're going to have to give account of, of mm-hmm. what we've done here. Now, I don't have to give account for you, and you don't have to give an account for me, but we have to stand before the Lord to give an account for what we've done in this life. Mm-hmm. And I think if we took that seriously, it, it would it would snap a little bit of the casualness out of us. Yeah. And we realize, oh, okay. We're not just we're not just playing for down here, and we're not just playing socially, we're playing for eternity. And if you become a little bit more eternity-minded, then becoming spiritually aware-minded is is not it's not so much of a stretch. Yeah, it's just we get we get caught up with all this stuff, and we're into this, into that, into that, and we're like, oh yeah, yeah, the spiritual part. I, this is why I'm saying sometimes fasting is a great idea because I set all that aside and I say I'm going to focus on the Lord. I'm going to focus on Him. Mm. And, we can do that without being weird. We can do that and still be a top salesman. We can do that and still be effective in whatever we're doing. Yeah. But but it's going to take some intentionality. Yeah. And there's just there's no there's no other way about it. There, there's no easy path here. Yeah. And there's no magic key. There's no silver bullet. Yeah. It's going You're to take right. some effort. You're right. And and I know it's a journey and it's a and and sometimes it's a ebb and flow. It's you know, this walk is not easy. Uh, and, and even when you're doing everything right, things can still come at you. Darts can still penetrate, right? Well, well, you know, that, and that's what, that's what that, uh, that verse second in second Corinthians, that that was my father's day verse, watch, stand fast in the faith, Mm -hmm. act like men. Yeah. Be strong. Let all you do be done with love. Mm -hmm. And then act like men, that's a military term. That's a. Stop backing mm-hmm. up. Act like you know. Act like a man. You know. Good. You know. You used to hear that 
you know, from those old school guys who are kind of mm-hmm. like, you need to man up. And, you right. know, and they're, or I think it's in Texas, what is it, cowboy up? That's right. But, but, but there's an element of that that's required in our, in our spiritual walk. And I think sometimes the enemy has sold us that Christianity is weak. Yeah, nothing, nothing weak about this walk. No. This Not is the Jesus strong, I serve. No. This is a strong man's walk. Yeah. And it, it requires strength to live it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's good. I, 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 that's a, that's a good way to kind of drop the gavel on this conversation because I, I think that's a good, maybe a, a, an attention getter for guys. Sometimes guys just need a little bit of a wake up call. Some guys, you know, sometimes guys are doing it right and maybe they right. get blinders on and they get kind of in the weeds and in the doldrums and, and we just kind of need to be, Hey, have a hunger. We got to have a hunger and we got to pursue it. And then we got to be on the offense. And I think too many times we're, we're defensively fighting this spiritual battle. And I think every day we got to get up and go, all right, let's go. Yeah. Well, that, 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 that idea of watch, uh, I didn't serve military. Uh, did you serve? No, in the military? no, no. Mm-mm. But if you talk to someone who has served, especially in a hot spot, yeah, they got their head on a swivel. In fact, when they come back, they're always look. They, these guys, these are the guys that would come to me and go, uh, you know, Pastor, um, that plaza area we've got, it's gonna be too easy to get like a like a car yeah. bomb up up in here. And I'm like, yeah. well, I'm thinking car bomb. But, sure. you know, these guys are just just back from Iraq, you know, and they're just like, man, you know, they're they're look, but but they're they're watching. There there's yeah. an awareness there. Yeah. And so uh, the Bible talks about watch and pray. And so obviously. The, in, the the challenge is getting so lackadaisical that something just that we don't move until we just get slammed. And then we're like, oh, I got to step it up here. No, the idea is to catch it before it hits. That's right. And we got a lot of hunters down here. And yeah. so none of the hunters go go out haphazardly. They're they're no. on point, right? They're on the edge of their seats. So yeah, especially if you're hunting in grizzly bear country. <laughs> There's a bunch of grizzly bears in the spiritual realm, if you ask me. So, <laughs> no, I appreciate it, Pastor Allen. It's been it's been great having you, man. I appreciate you making time for us. Always um, doing, man. When's guess, your book coming? Out? When's your book coming out? So I'm gonna I'm self publishing. I always do that just because I'm a cheapskate. Um, but I am gonna get that sent off probably in a week or two. It's done, but I. I'm waiting on, you know how this goes, my my sales commission, uh, having a decent year. My sales commission is probably going to come in a couple of weeks. Uh, so I got to put a little aside for this book thing. And uh, have, yeah, no, have, I think have, it's going to be good. Have you taken that big, have you taken that picture of you, you know, the, that fills up the back cover of the big glossy, the glossy picture of you? Have you taken that off yet? It's still in the editing uh, process. Uh, no, I am not putting a, my face on anything to do with this book. Uh, but I, it's uh, it's going to be good. I think it's going to be a good resource for guys. And and uh, any if anything, it's simple. It's it's concise, but it's thorough and it's to the point. And it's got it's got some nuggets to maybe help guys win in this spiritual battle we're talking about. So That's good, John. Uh, yeah. Thanks for thanks for helping, guys. Uh, uh, thanks for thanks for what you do. To help guys, that's a good. That's a good deal. Well, thank you. It's 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 needed, and and I know I need it constantly. So I think God's working on me more doing this podcast than he than he might be anyone else. To be honest. Well, you, you know, that's one of the, actually one of the things about teaching. One of the things about getting involved with helping other people is you get to grow at the same time. Man, so, tell no, me that's that's the good part. 
Well, I uh, it's it's always good to have you. Thank you for being gracious with your time today, audience. He has been the Alan Clayton. We have been last in line. Be blessed. Thank you, man.